Thanks for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Reformation Lutheran Church in Las Vegas. Our readings today come from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, through chapter 5, verse 1, and the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, 20 through 35. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and share this message that someone else might be blessed. And God bless you this day. The Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus went home and the crowd came together again so that Jesus and the disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebul, and by the ruler of demons he casts out demons. And he called to them and spoke to them in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter, but whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, for they had said, he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father in heaven, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, as pastors, we hear a lot about self-care. And we all need to care for ourselves to be able to care for others. Makes sense. That means mentally and physically, inside and out. Some of the ways that I like to care for my physical body include massage, seeing a chiropractor about once a month, and going to the gym. I take advantage of therapy for mental health. And I have had a clergy coach and a spiritual director to help as well. They're part of the team. Oh yeah, I guess it's good to get sleep and and eat right and find time to create and get out in nature and have fun with my family. When I list it all, it sounds like a long list, more stuff to do. And I might not be able to do it all, all the time, but I try to care for myself the best I can. Are you caring for yourself? I pray that you are. Because we have always been through so much. Today, I am blessed to mark another birthday, and as I get older, I notice things changing. One of the kids said to me the other night, Isaac was up in his bunk bed, and he looked down, and he said, Dad, you're losing your hair. And I said, yeah, it's getting a little thin up there. Maybe I had a sunburn from hanging out at the water park on the weekend. And I'm sure some people still see me as young looking, but I notice the laugh lines and the wrinkles. I notice things are changing. My body is getting older. So I claim these as signs of survival, if not wisdom. Maybe some of that too. The outer nature is wasting away. What can renew us inside and out? 
when it comes to our relationship with God, of course, self-care isn't going to get us there. Nothing I can do can rid me of my human nature, my self-seeking, my propensity to screw up, hide from the world, or turn from the goodness of God. We all do it from time to time. And self-destruction is just an easier pattern to fall into. It's good news then that We don't just care for ourselves, but we have a God who cares for us, who knows us inside and out, who renews us, loves us, and recreates us time and again into beloved children. How will we recognize and reconnect to see all the ways that God is renewing us together? Paul writes to the community at Corinth, this new church that he'd help establish to reassure them that God is working. God is present to bring them to new life. Because they're struggling with a lot of issues, especially arguments over who is inside and who is outside. Who's a part of the feast? Who's welcome at the table? And there are divisions. Paul reminds them of their call to forgiveness and reconciliation. Renewal of relationships based on their confidence in Jesus. And he's told them about this treasure they carry around with them. This treasure they carry in breakable vessels. And reminds them that what's inside them is of great value. Because he's teaching about the good news that gets poured out for the neighbors they meet. And the Holy Spirit that is making them new. Bishop Mike Reinhardt of the Gulf Coast Synod and Megan Hansen write about this text from 2 Corinthians and note that the metaphor Paul uses of a tent is to remind people of Moses and Israel in the wilderness where God was always with them, but there in the tent is where the people recognized God's presence. It's where they communed with God. It's where they went to know God was really there. And the tent was just that, a piece of cloth, maybe some rope or a stick. It was a nice tent. It was decorated. It looked pretty. But it was a tent, a way for people to connect to such a big God, a God who was bigger than they could understand a lot of the times. It's just a tent, but God was so much bigger than that. So they would go there, and this was where they could connect with their senses, their human reality, with the one that was changing their whole world. Because our bodies have limitations too, just like that tent, but they are important to God also. Our bodies are like those tents that enable us to connect to the world around us, to visit with one another, to care for each other, to help out the ones we love, to taste and see and hear what God is doing in our reality. These are the places and spaces that we inhabit where we can notice God's presence. The good news of Jesus' death and resurrection renews us. Because we know the story, but we need to revisit it. We need to hear it again and again in fresh ways. So maybe you've been reading Richard Rohr or Lenny Duncan or N.T. Wright or Gerhard Ferdy. Or hearing this good news proclaimed in music and poetry, movies and television. Because it's not just that overly religious stuff. We hear this good news and see God all around us. This message of hope and renewal. It's in the stories we share and tell. But it begins in scripture. 
in this story of God unfolding in the world. And our hearts and minds need to be renewed by that story of how God showed up in a body, in human flesh, and walked around and lived and learned and spoke and healed and cared for the world. And Jesus was baptized and tempted and suffered and died and was raised to new life for us. This is our story too. And when we believe this, when it hits us and it gets in us, our bodies, our human bodies react. Maybe that hair stands up on the back of your neck or you get goosebumps on your arms when you hear that truth. Maybe it's tears of recognition and release and we feel it in our bodies and are renewed. And we share that good news with others and more and more are welcomed into the new family of faith. The Spirit of God renews us. She holds us and perseveres with us and preserves us. And when we are weak, God's strength fills us. God is strong in us, lifting us up filling us and journeying with us on the road, holding us together. We have all been through so much these last 14, 15 months now, I don't know. But now that we see our city, Las Vegas, opening up to 100% capacity, half of Clark County has received a vaccine, we are feeling safer. But many are still wary of what comes next. So many will still struggle with unemployment, evictions, and hunger. And the heat of the summer brings its own challenges. It's going to get hot out there, folks. There are mental health issues and depression and stress and anxiety, and these are all on the rise. We need practices that remind us, even in our frailty, that we are connected to the one who made us and knows us and renews us. In our book group, uh, just last week, we were studying Buddhism and Hinduism, two world religions that uh, practice a connection to something greater than themselves through yoga, through meditation, through breathing and noticing the breath within. And we're here talking about this Holy Spirit. And when we talk about that spirit, we're talking about breath, too. That breath is taken inside us and breathed out into the world. And you've heard me say it. It's the same word in Greek, pneuma. And in Hebrew, ruach, this breath of God, this wind that hovers over the waters at creation. And in practices of mindfulness and prayer, our very breath is heard by God. And that spirit takes our prayers to Christ. So after contending with COVID, a virus that threatened to take away our very breath, might we be reminded how powerful, how close, how necessary that breath is within us. That same breath of God, that spirit, that Holy Spirit that sustains us every day. With every breath in prayer, we are held close by the maker of the universe, renewed inside and out. Trusting in this promise, believing, renews us and unites us with the one who saves us. It's more than knowing, but trusting, even when we can't see the end of the road. And Martin Luther wrote that knowing is not the same as believing, because we can know that Christ died for us. We can know that God has chosen us and that Jesus loves us, but it's God's grace that is truly acting on us and in us. That grace 
changes us and renews us inside and out. It comes from outside us, and God gives us grace through the Lord's Supper, through our baptism, welcomes us as true family. It's God's doing, and that's God's power in the Holy Spirit that moves us to faith, that makes us trust in God with our bodies and our minds and our hearts and all our strength. And we hear in Mark's gospel Jesus teaching, and so many are coming to hear that it's causing a problem. Some are even saying he's possessed by a demon. They want to come and hear, but do they believe? Some are saying he's casting out demons by the power of a demon, but demons, they can't do that. Jesus argues demons can't cast out demons. Therefore, it must be God's power, something different. This Holy Spirit is the power to beat back evil and that which is unclean. If we cannot believe this to be true, if we can't trust that God's power is stronger than our power, then we're lost. And we don't have to understand it. We don't have to get every detail, but to know and believe that God is God and we are not. And if we can't trust that Jesus' love is more powerful than our brokenness, that there's a spirit of life that is keeping us all connected, even when we cannot perceive it, then we're stuck. It's like if I go to the doctor and I, I know I'm sick and I know I need something and I go to this doctor because maybe I feel like I have to, yet I can't accept this doctor will be able to heal me. I can't trust that this doctor knows what they're talking about. I'm not going to take the medicine and I won't be healed. If I cannot trust that this spirit of God is alive in me and that God's love is in Jesus for me, then I cannot receive it. We are part of God's family when we have faith and we receive this promise. And there are days when it's tough and we have a community of believers to help us, to help us trust in that goodness as well. And from there, we follow this call of God to love God and one another. And it's hard and it hurts because our bodies and our minds are wasting away and worn out. And we get angry and frustrated with others, even our closest family members. And we hear today in this story that Jesus felt that too. We hear it in Mark's gospel, how Jesus' mother and siblings were trying to get him to stop teaching. Come out of this. Come away from this. Come outside. And he replied, who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my mother and my brother and my sister. Is Jesus insulting his family? Or is he making a point about what faith looks like? Because Jesus is there in the house with his disciples, those willing to hear and listen and learn. Who were their parents? Where were they from? These ones sitting around hearing him teach those involved in the mission, sharing the good news of the kingdom, going out to the towns and helping and healing in his name, are his family. And Jesus announces that those who trust in him and do the will of the Father are part of the family too. And they will be renewed. They will be forgiven and welcomed, changed by grace and renewed by faith. In Christ, you who have been outsiders are brought in by God's grace. 
Those who are seemingly insiders are ones who can't always understand it. And we're not getting any younger and our bodies are failing, but God is healing and we are loved just as we are. God is near even when you are suffering. So take notice of your breath and the spirit moving in your life. Get out into the world to care for yourself and others around you and recognize how God is working to change us all, to unite and renew us inside and out. Amen.